1: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. This is Matt Spiegel, and I can't wait to bring you season two of the PBP, Voices of Baseball. The very best play-by-play voices in the game talk about their craft. It's a job so special that even Joe Buck told us he will probably go back to it.
0: I'm 53, basically 54. I I think it's too early to say nevers at this point in my life. I think at some point I'll get the itch again. Incredible guests sharing great
1: stories from your favorite teams coming this year. Find us on the Odyssey app or wherever you find podcasts.
0: We've got our take cannons loaded and ready. Ready. Absolutely dominant on deep routes. Absolutely dominant on short the routes. Boys are back. back Excellent baby. separation against man coverage. This is reception reception of the show.
1: Yo, yo, yo. What's cracking, everybody? James Co, Matt Harmon here with you. You're listening to Reception Perception, the show. All right, Matt, uh, as we go into the divisional rounds, uh, we got the cream of the crop now, uh, eight of the best teams in the NFL. Uh, certainly, we do have an eye on the postseason, but I think the folks will be very excited to know that our guy, Matt Harmon, <sighs> is working on prospects right now. And I do believe Matt Harmon is ready to share some early takes. Now we don't got the full on numbers, is that right Matt, but uh, well, we got some early takes here on some of the top wide receiver prospects.
0: Yeah, background for uh, the people, especially new um you know folks to reception perception or maybe you listen to the podcast, you don't subscribe to the site. Um you should subscribe to the site, but you know. Sure. Whatever. Um I normally don't get to prospects this early because I upload, uh, and, well, normally, honestly, I'm not doing any charting right now because, like, I'm trying to take a step back, but um, whatever, who you know, what's, what's life if not a little more work, you know? Uh, who cares? Exactly. What, what, what else do I, I mean, I, I, honestly, the reason I started doing this right now is opposed to usually, like I said, normally I do free agents, and the, mm-hmm. those are the first mm-hmm. to go up to the site, and they probably will still be the first to go onto the site, and then I get to prospects, you know, a little later in the spring, but everybody's been telling me That this receiver class is so good, good, pretty good, and like they need the takes. They they need to know what I think about it. So I was like, you know what, you guys have gassed up this group enough that I am excited. Um, I'm excited to dive in. (laughs) So I've charted out three games of the top kind of consensus top three guys: Marvin Harrison Jr., uh, Malik Neighbors, and Roma Dunze. Now, let me just say this before we get into these guys. Okay. Number one, yeah. These are three game samples, and they are very, I wrote in our outline, very, very way too early, non committal (laughs) takes on the top three prospects. I am not, you cannot hold me responsible. Okay. uh, okay. Or hold my feet to the fire for for what I'm saying today because it's not the final product, all right? Right. I'm through three games on these guys. I'm going to get through eight games for the final numbers and all that stuff. That being said, through three games. You can get a good sense of a player, okay. right? Like for for example, when I do the prospect roundup later, uh, you know, I do that every year. That's usually yeah, yeah. a three game sample, and you could tell like if a guy can play and if he cannot. Like, I mean, you reading the prospect roundup from last year, it's like, well, Puka Nakua can play, Kayshawn <laughs> Booty cannot play. I mean, that. that, was, that is, sorry, but that was just what it was. This goes back
1: to um, Bill. Hey, Bill, Bill, Hoodie, Bill. come on.
0: Give me sign a ring, up for buddy.
1: the buddy. <laughs> sign up for the Prime subscription. Come on, bro.
0: <laughs> not that hard uh it's on it's on the it's on the internet but no so yeah I, again through three games you get a pretty good sense of a player like i said these are not good. final takes can't hold okay. my feet to the fire but but yeah, 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 yeah. Th- that's kind of and okay last the second thing here is these guys are all really really good so oh I'm, thank I'm god get into it
1: yeah. okay good okay perfect all right so should we start with the the guy at the top of the class i mean this is somebody in marvin harris jr that uh folks thought could play coming play in the nfl coming out of high school like that's how oh, yeah. good when they talk about, we just talked about our money. When they talk about generational, Matt. When they talk about generational dudes, Matt. This is that dude. Now again, I haven't like dug in. I, I, you know, I've seen a couple of Ohio State games here and there. Obviously, um, you know, last year, this year, I've seen probably I don't know six uh, Ohio State games. And yeah, Marvin Harrison is a is a GD baller. Okay, now what do. the rp metrics uh say on 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 marvin harrison jr uh, with the idea too. by the way we're pulling back the curtain here matt was very worried (laughs) that the rp numbers were not going to be good because if they weren't good Oh my God! We, we, I mean, it's like we were gonna have to go to war with some people, right? So, but so, what do the RV numbers say? I, I'm actually waiting with bated breath. Where they show us right now?
0: Yeah, um, <laughs> I would have had to probably we would have probably had to close shop, honestly. Yeah, like, yeah, um, right, just right. Don't don't like uh, it's a clerical error. We can't publish this profile <laughs> for for legal reasons. Actually, the NCAA was uh, on my ass, and correct. Um, unfortunately, yeah. they just were insistent. I cannot put out mm-hmm. the Marvin Harrison reception perception. Uh, no, we don't have to worry about that. Okay, uh, good. The, the Thank results. God. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah. We can, We can Thank keep the God. business going. Um, <laughs> good, good, good. <laughs> really, really good player. Um, I mean, listen, the, the hype is definitely – I mean, the hype is strong, right? The hype is crazy oh, strong it's insane. on this guy. It's insane. Um, but he, he's really worth it. Uh, okay, I, good. I love the way he gets in and out of breaks, especially against man coverage. I think for a guy his size, you know, mm-hmm. and he's he's a big dude. He's It's funny because he's built – Nothing like his father, Marvin Harrison right. Sr., who is like the uh, the typical like every when, whenever there's a small receiver and you want him to be good. I mean, people did this with Devonte Smith, and you know reception perception. Love Devonte Smith. I think he's still uh, second or third in, on my stacked prospect board ranking from the last you know. Uh, three class. well now it'll be after this year it'll be the last four classes um yeah he's third he's my third highest graded prospect since 2021 so i like Mar- uh, devon smith but i was like oh yeah small receiver well marvin harrison did it well this marvin harrison marvin harrison jr is huge he's a yeah. uh, damn pterodactyl out there uh but he's great off the line of scrimmage i think his press coverage score again i'm not going to give you any actual numbers on this because yeah, i don't yeah, want yeah. that to be thrown out there and aggregated and all that um but I will say, if it held up his success rate versus press so far through these three games, it's probably going to be, I believe, the best score um, oh. of the oh, last God. three years of the last, oh, wow. four, last four classes. So yeah, it's a pretty good number. <laughs> okay,
1: good. Marvin Harrison Jr. By the way, six four, two hundred and five pounds estimated right now. He hasn't obviously checked in at the combine. We'll get some. Uh, we'll get some more numbers here. Um. His dad, by the way, again when we talk about smaller wide receivers, I mean just barely over six feet tall, uh, if he even got there, okay, and uh, and weighed in at the combine uh, a, a, a hamburger short of a buck eighty. All right, so we're talking about a six foot buck eighty player, uh, and Marvin Harrison Senior, his son, 6'4", 205, the estimated height weight uh, situation for him right now, um, and again, it'd be interesting to see. Uh, what he clocks in at but a 6'4 wide receiver um you know busting out like this i uh, that that's what makes people get really really excited um and you know me matt you're talking about a a, a big tall wide receiver that could play the x and gets downfield and not only that again from what i've seen of the guy it I mean, incredible in contested catch too. What were your contested catch takeaways right now uh, through a three-game sample?
0: Yeah, I think if you want to pick nits at his game, I think he can be. I mean, and it's only three games, and that's it's really tough to say whether a guy's like a good contested player when you're only getting three games mm-hmm. in. I mean, the, the numbers aren't bad. I think if we're just talk, we're comparing to like generational prospect type. yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I think there's just a couple instances where. Gets a little disrupted um, down the field uh, in contested situations. Sometimes I would like him. I know this is what you're asking, but the one thing that I I don't like—it's not a concern—but if we're talking like it's it's fine, not Mm -hmm. um, or even just it's fine to good, not very good to elite—is I I need him to get a little out of his breaks a a little bit faster, especially when we're working against zone coverage. Now, man coverage again, man press coverage—he's like a top tier prospect at this point um i mean generally he's a top tier prospect but uh his success rate like against zone coverage i think could be again there's only three game sample maybe it improves but like you can't again cannot hold me responsible for for the numbers here (laughs) okay okay Um, all
1: right right. but it's
0: something i definitely think those are probably the two areas where he needs to um he needs to work out a little kinks now i mean but so contested stuff yeah i think that's sometimes when you're that big and you're that Mm -hmm. like freaky um you maybe have a little bit too much confidence in, in like, all right, well, I can just, I'm just going to be bigger than this guy. And then you don't play it perfectly technique wise. Sure. I think there could be some of that with the Harrison, but I mean, it's not, again, it's not a negative. We're talking like it's good, not elite. Okay. Gotcha.
1: All right. Uh, at LSU Malik neighbors, this is a player that again, I haven't seen too many, uh, LSU games, probably four or five or something like that over the last couple of years here. But, um, Malik Neighbors, this is a guy that, um, yeah, I go back to this um, Sean Payton quote, right? Uh, if you want to be a good route runner, you either need to accelerate really fast or decelerate really fast and that second part of it the latter part of it is what i think about when i think about malik neighbors this guy could really i mean shut it down going from 60 to zero so quick uh i think that's probably what my one takeaway from malik neighbors you talk about a pro ready dude i I just i love what this guy's going to be able to do in the intermediate area of the field
0: oh dude i mean you nailed it. That's exactly what I would have said about him is like he can it's getting from 60 to 0 that's uh so easy and effortless for him. His deceleration is really impressive and then picking up speed again. Mm-hmm. I, he's like of these 3 players, I think he's the most um wild stallion of the group if, okay. if, if that makes any sense. Um because he's just he's like I say he's crazy out there how quick he is and how quick he can get in and out of um, his movements. I mean, like I think I tweeted this the other day. He's so much fun to watch on curl routes uh, because he <laughs> just like when he's go when he's going just uh-huh. like a straight up nine route go route down the field. Even even post routes, like he eats up ground so quickly. I mean, it's like, damn, it's impressive. And you know that the people covering him. Know that too. Oh, everybody yeah. is. Big everybody buffers. is afraid. They are gonna. They are gonna get blown by. Right. Like that. That Leak Neighbors is gonna blow by them in single man coverage. So they know that. He knows that. And that is why he is just so easy to shut it down and come back on these curl routes. Mm. And just, he just like. Wide ass open. I will give you a number here: ninety-two percent success rate on curl routes, which were twenty-two point seven percent of his routes that I've charted through these through wow. this three-game sample. It's That's a like,
1: huge number.
0: <laughs> it's a huge number. It'll come down when the full samples yeah, yeah, in there, yeah. but but it's Still just huge that number. is easily the 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 most fun part of his game to me. Uh, what about
1: inbreaking routes like uh like uh, you know digs or something like that um, I mean even yeah. even when we're talking about going over the top top of post routes or something like that give me give me a little hip shake you know try to get open uh on the inbreakers what are we, what are we looking at there
0: yeah digs and slants really impressive uh, crossing routes anything like that and again when you get this guy in the open field he's just <laughs> yeah, he can really electric. do some yeah, stuff after after the catch from an explosiveness standpoint um, he's not Marvin Harrison in terms of breaking tackles I should have mentioned like Marvin Harrison in the open field like not often you see the first tackler bring that guy down Um, Harrison's like a prototypical X receiver body type I almost think I mean, I'd love to see him get in the slot sometimes just, just to get rolling and get into the open field. And I feel yeah. the same way about Malik Neighbors, who you see play all over. Um, you see play flanker. You see him play X. You see him play in the slot. Uh, over 40% of the snaps I've sampled so far have been okay. uh, in the slot. So you, you see him play all over the field. But that ISO X receiver stuff is is definitely some of his more impressive notes. But, yeah, I mean, in, in those in-breaking routes are, are, are definitely good for him. I would say the – Kind of things I'd like to see more of is uh, work on those outbreaking routes, uh, yeah. comebacks, outs, corner routes. Um, that, in terms of if he's going to be, you know, true X receiver in the NFL, we're probably going to have to see uh, some more of that. I, uh, some better ability on on separating on mm-hmm. those. Um, he's probably, in terms of these three guys, uh, he's the third. He's, I would say, he's the third best separator. Um, probably also the third best and these are all great players but probably also the third best contested cat like third I would rank him third in terms of hands overall oh interesting um, okay but uh, I do really, I do really like him. He's super fun and, and incredibly explosive. And and I would say the most joy I've uh, felt so far uh, is, is <laughs> him working on those curl rounds. Wow. man. that's fun. Wow, what praise! <laughs> uh, Malik Neighbors again. Estimated
1: height, weight: six feet, two hundred pounds. So I, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see where he logs in. Um, at the combine, um, i will be so interested to see what this guy's 40 time is too, man. This yeah. guy's going to
0: fly. Oh. He's going to fly, bro. <laughs> yeah. It's, and it's funny because, you know, people, I mean, look, Jameson Williams, uh, obviously was great in the NFL. He, or excuse me, he's not been great in the NFL. He was great in college at Alabama. Yeah, right. Um, and it kind of, it's kind of similar. I think to me, um, the speed that he plays with, uh, in terms of just his ability to blow by. An entire defense to blow by uh, a guy in in um, in man coverage especially just like I said he eats up ground as a route runner I think if he he probably needs a little more work from a refinement standpoint just if we're working if we're measuring against these three great players probably needs sure. a little bit more work but uh, man he's he's really fun uh, from a speed perspective <clears throat>
1: Um, all right, so third wide receiver we've got on the table here, uh, a, a player that I've seen a lot of. As a matter of fact, is Rome Odunze. Okay, we're talking about Pac-12 dude. Just played for Washington, playing the Natty. Uh, so I've seen a lot see him of. Rip Rome, up your,
0: see him rip up your Cal Bears, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> First of all, this
1: is what's funny. Okay, if you watch any Pac-12 prospect, right, whether it's USC, Oregon State, doesn't matter who they're who who the prospect is out of the Pac-12. I promise you. Half of the highlights will be them torching Cal. For whatever I don't for whatever reason. And the and the weird thing about that is that Cal has actually had good defenses for the past four or five years. But man, when these top prospects face Cal, they go crazy. I don't know why. I don't know what it is. Anyways, Romo Dinze, obviously one of those dudes. 6'3, 215 pounds. My God, you want to talk about prototypical X receiver that get downfield, win win the ball deep? Oh, Romo Dunze is that dude?
0: Uh, yeah. I, I the Cal game is actually in the three game sample I had, and let's just say those boosted the numbers uh, quite a bit. I'm sure. I'm sure. I'm <laughs> sure <laughs> he was electric in that game. <clears> uh, yeah. Man, I I love the I love this guy. I he's oh, hell yeah. He, he's really good. Um. When I started working on him, I worked through one, uh, two games for him, and um, was really excited about what I saw. So I was just looking around the internet, stuff, a couple of things, you know. People, I don't try not to listen to anything or hear anything about any of these players, obviously with yeah. the exception of Harrison, who I've you know heard plenty about. Um, and you know Matt Waldman also spoiled some of his opinions about Malik Neighbors to me before um, I, I watched him. Uh, he's definitely, I think he might he might end up being a little higher on Neighbors than I am, but that's not. Um, not a shade on, on neighbors, but yeah. I hadn't heard much about Roma Dunze. I was doing a little digging. So I saw him like an aggregator site. Uh, one of Daniel Jeremiah's opinions about him. And I texted him. I said, Hey buddy, um, I, I saw this on a little aggregation site. I wanted to, uh, one that wanted to run this by you since you said it on, maybe you said it on your podcast that you did say it on his podcast. Actually, I was like, mm-hmm. did you give Roma Dunze the same grade as Marvin Harrison? And he said, I did. And I wow. said in response. And I said in response, wow. I I can see why you did um, because this guy is really, really, I mean, really good. And he, I, I don't think I have a weakness for him through two through wow. three games. Um, I think he is awesome as a separator. He is he faced a ton of press coverage, uh, you know, and I don't know about Pac-12 defenses and all, all that stuff, um, but he faced a ton of press coverage uh, through these three games. Uh, and he was great getting off the line of scrimmage. Smooth separator off the line of scrimmage. Yeah, he's smooth. An incredibly detailed uh, route runner down the field in the intermediate areas. I mean, just wow. open, open, open. And and I actually posted his sample in the Discord, and some people said that they had heard separation concerns for this player. And I was like, what? I, I, I mean, I, I, through three games at least, I, I don't have that um, in terms of separation concerns. I think what it probably is is that he does have a lot of contested catches. He's really good at winning the ball in the air, like you mentioned, but we, we see his prospects all the time. Sometimes It's not a blanket rule. Sometimes if a guy's making a lot of contested catches, it's because they can't separate. Right. Sometimes it is due to factors outside of their control, and then when you're watching on Saturday or Sundays, it happens in the NFL too, You see the guy winning a bunch of jump balls, and you're like, oh, well, it's probably because he's not open. You are filling in incomplete areas, (laughs) or incomplete information, (laughs) because you're not watching that whole route. And look, I don't, I mean... I don't know what your take on Michael Penix is, but the guy throws him into a lot of contested, in contested situations. And he's just also clearly trusts this guy to go up and get it, and, and why wouldn't he? But, yeah, I have no concerns about him as a separator, no concerns about his hands. He's got great hands. I think he could play X. I think he could play – you get a lot of him playing all three receiver positions, which is great. You see him used as, like, a full-speed pre-snap motion player, which is all the rage in the NFL. I mean, this is a really, really good prospect. I don't, I don't know if I would – I don't know if I will have him ranked number one. I'm not saying that. I probably will. I mean, Harrison's really hard to not rank number one. And again, yeah. I'm not. I'm not even saying that any of these guys, you know, ranks whatever. Like these are not. Remember, you can't hold me accountable to this. But um, <laughs> I, I see why he would be a top receiver prospect in this class for sure. He's awesome.
1: Matt, we go back to the beginning of this conversation. Of all right, you heard a lot of hype. You heard a lot of of this and that about the, the wide receiver class. Would you agree? This is one of the top-flight, you know, draft prospect uh, wide receiver classes that we've seen in a while.
0: Yeah, I think this class is really good. Uh, again, I've only seen these three gla- these three guys. If these are the top three guys, I I get it, right? Like last year, um, you know, I would talk about the stacked board, uh, which is on the website, right? It's my rankings of the what what's now going to be after this year. 21, 22, 23, and 24 all stacked together, so you can see, like, context-wise how good I think a class is. Um, yeah. Jamar Chase is the number one uh, player on that stack board right now. And there are only five guys I've given a Tier 1 um, grade, if you want to call it a grade, Tier mm-hmm. 1 uh, ranking to the last three classes. These And a Tier 1 player to me is, they're worth picking in the top 10. They are a ready-made star in the NFL. Those players are Jamar Chase, Chris Olave, Devonte Smith, Drake London, and Garrett Wilson. So we've had a class where there's three top ten ranked players before, um, to me at least, and that's Drake London, Garrett Wilson, and Chris Olave. I think this class will be up there. I think all three wow. of these guys right now, if this whole, if if what I've seen so far wow. holds, I would think they will all be tier one prospects. They will all be worth taking in the top ten. Um, and I, I, I mean, there's a damn good chance that <laughs> some of these guys are fighting for like the first, second or third spot on this list. We'll, we'll see when the final <laughs> numbers come out. But yeah, I think I think they're all top 10 worthy picks, at least from what I've seen so far.
1: Uh, Romo Dunze, 6'3", 215 pounds, as I mentioned, <clears throat> going to be really interested to see uh, what he ends up running over at the combine as well. Because because, um, yeah, I think he's I think he's going to run pretty good. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, all right. Again, as Matt mentioned, way too early takes on some of those prospects, which is totally fine. We love them for it. Um, and again, not going to hold your feet to the fire. I know you're going to get a lot more games in on some of these dudes. All right, let's flip our gears here towards the NFL now. Uh, okay, we're, we're looking at the top eight teams. We got the divisional round. Uh, I want to go through and kind of rip through some of these games, Matt. Uh, give us an idea of how you think these games will go. Um, I'll give some takes as well, obviously, and uh, we'll throw some player props out there, the ones that we like, uh, or, or maybe just some straight bets that we like as well. Uh, take a look at some of these numbers overall, talk about matchups and all that. We'll start in Houston versus Baltimore. When this, when this line came out, Matt, I, I was really surprised. Um, Houston, obviously, with CJ Stroud. I know Baltimore is really good and they're playing at home, uh, but a, a nine and a half point favorite feels, I, I don't know, it just feels like a, a really big number for Baltimore
0: does feel like a big number. Um, they're a great team, though. Uh, and as much as, obviously, we love what we saw out of C.J. Stroud last week. We loved what we've seen out of C.J. Stroud all season long. We talked about it on the most recent show on, on Monday that we think, I mean, I think you you asked me, like, we were talking about top 10 quarterback rankings yep. and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I actually sat down and, and ranked them, and it's easy to get C.J. Stroud into your top four five honestly (laughs) it's pretty easy to if you know you're i think you're weighing him against burrow and herbert and stafford in in terms of of those guys and honestly i wouldn't hate it if you ranked him uh, i think maybe burrow is a stretch just because there's proof of concept with burrow but yeah i mean he's a potential top five quarterback in the nfl but like also lamar jackson is the top three quarterback in the nfl i think undisputedly so they have lamar jackson there um they have this defense like let's not forget how good this defense is in, in Baltimore i think that's actually the hardest thing to kind of parse out in this matchup is okay. is what baltimore is going to do defensively just because they're an amoeba uh, of a defense like they are actually, this is crazy, they're not top 10 in any individual coverage type uh, except cover six in terms of how often they play. They're 16th in man coverage and they're 18th in zone coverage. And by the way, they only play cover six, like I think 14.6% of their snaps. <laughs> so that's a small number. Anyways, they just yeah. throw, they can throw so many things at you. All those veteran players they have and stuff like that, Like I do think C.J. Stroud, it's one thing to play the – the Browns are a really good defense but they don't they do one thing they play man yeah. coverage they play cover 1 and they for whatever reason I have no idea why but they haven't been as good on the road as they have been at home. It's one thing to tear up that defense, it's another thing to tear up this Baltimore defense in Baltimore. Sure.
1: Um, okay. So I think that is true, but when you take a look at some of the matchups that they have had, uh, I don't know, it, it's, it's not necessarily a murderer's row here. You know what I'm saying? So that's kind of where I kind of look at their schedule and say, all right. Um, they have given up production to better quarterbacks. Um, now the notable one is week 16, Brock Purdy forced him into four interceptions. And you're thinking to yourself, my God, Baltimore's defense is right there. Uh, top of the food chain type of stuff. Um, but some of the some of the numbers I think they've put up certainly uh, it requires a little bit of a closer eye. I mean, you're taking a look at, for example, like Trevor Lawrence in Week 15 had a touchdown on him, 264 through the air. Uh, but again, that Jacksonville Jaguars pass, you know, depth chart doesn't look that great. Um, Joe Burrow on TNF got injured. They faced DTR. They faced Geno Smith, uh, forced him into a pretty bad game. But, you know, again, guys like, you know, Joshua Dobbs, uh, they had Goff on the road in week number seven forced him into a real bad game too. Um, but I just, I don't think they've had the strongest schedule in terms of looking at quarterback. So I am a little bit torn, uh, on how good this Baltimore Ravens defense actually is.
0: I think that's fair. I would just note, though, like Detroit and San Francisco are two of the best offenses in the NFL. Good point. Um, And they're two of the offenses that I would say put defenses in a bind, right? Mm -hmm. With all of the motion and all of the um, layup routes that they can give a quarterback. Right. They couldn't do anything against Baltimore, especially, I mean, Detroit. Detroit. They got stuffed in a locker like they, oh, yeah. and they got they they stuffed Jared Goff in a locker and then threw the locker in the ocean. OK, like that was what they did to Jared Goff and, <laughs> and the sure. Detroit Lions offense. For, so, sure. For and, sure. And obviously this offense in, in Houston and Bobby Slow it comes off that Shanahan 49ers tree. I don't know how much to make of that, but you also just look at some of the pass catchers that C.J. Stroud is going to have to work with. Like it is Nico Collins and Nico Collins mm-hmm. is a baller. Um, Nico Collins is playing like top 10 receiver in the NFL this year. (laughs) No, no, he is. No, he is. Crazy. But like Noah Brown is on IR now. You know, Mm -hmm. he's out. Um, You know, John Mechie showed some flashes. Xavier Hutchinson might end up being number. uh, Xavier Hutchinson might end up being there like maybe long term number three. Um, Maybe he does like he's really good at doing the dirty work. He gets in there and blocks and stuff like that. We'll see if he. I mean, maybe he ends up being like an Alan Lazard type, which is a fine player to have around. It's not a fine player to pay forty-four million dollars in free agency, Joe Douglas <laughs> slash Aaron Rodgers, exactly. but it's a good player to have around. <laughs> so, but but that's like what we're dealing with now, in, you know, in Houston, we're not dealing yeah. with like the pass catchers that they used to be able to throw at you.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. No Tank Dell, obviously they're they're bare. I mean, because you talk about Xavier Hutchinson, they they barely used him, even though um, Noah Brown got hurt in that game. So. I'd be interested to see what they kind of do in this, in this week, getting some of these guys ready for Baltimore. I don't think they had Xavier Hutchinson ready for the game plan. Uh, They weren't ready for the Noah Brown injury. Uh, And it didn't quite frankly, it didn't really matter. Right. Because after those back-to-back pick sixes, it was just, it was lights out. Right. Um, So how do they get him ready for this game? I think will be interesting. Are they going to use a little bit of Bobby trees uh john mechie stepped up and uh and played a lot of you know flanker slot uh for this team against cleveland will they use that same kind of depth chart uh in this matchup i'm not sure there's a lot of question marks uh in my mind i'll throw a couple props out here though for you matt nico collins 77 and a half receiving yards um is the line for him right now on
0: uh on bet mgm
1: and the anytime touchdown is plus 150. I probably feel the best about the anytime touchdown, to be honest with you.
0: Yeah, I get that. Um, you know, again, to bring it back to that cover six discussion, which, again, it's only 14% of their plays. Um, you know, mm-hmm. the, this is not a big sample or anything like that. And um, Nico Collins has run 43 routes against cover six this year, and he's averaged 3.9 yards per route run, 5.6 yards after the catch per reception. So, again, this is small sample stuff, but. Him and Stroud have been efficient at that. I think the reason that that is is like, if you're thinking, I don't want to get like to break down a scheme on a podcast here, but if you just think about like cover six, it's quarter, quarter, half. So like you're, you're going to, you're able to get a good bracket on the number one receiver, uh, in, in that sort of situation, especially if that guy is, um, it's, it's, you're able to, you know, cloud double cover a guy as the X receiver on that. But like typically that X receiver is going to be running a lot of like the, the static clear out routes, uh-huh. yeah, clear outs even curls and and comebacks and stuff like that. Out deep out routes, corner routes, but that's not what the Texans have Nico Collins do as their ex receiver. They have right. run these like big in breakers um, that obviously is going to require uh C.J. Stroud to get the ball over roquan Smith and Patrick Queen. You know, two of the yeah. best linebacker, right. the best linebacker duo maybe in the NFL. So it's just a tough um, ask, I think, to have a lot of big plays here. But that that that's entire what gonna... the
1: the entire middle of that defense is just so stout, is it not? I mean, yeah, we're talking about it's, Kyle it's... Hamilton coming down the pipe. You know, come on, bro. The entire middle is just like locked down, man. Go go ahead, make some of these low. I, and I think that's where Baltimore's been really successful, right? They're they're daring you to make some of these lower percentage throws to the outside.
0: Yeah, um, they need to be able to get Nico on the uh, field side of cover six like so that there's more room there's less there they don't have that flat defender there Um, but I also wonder if that's going to end up being where like a John Mechie lines up he was outside Mm -hmm. on 76.9% of his routes uh, in the wild card round he was um, you know again maybe he's that flanker for them because Robert Woods is 50-50 slot Xavier Hutchinson's 40-60 leaning towards the slot so I think Mechie's going to actually be like – there are no prop lines posted for him, but, I mean, if he's – if you're getting anything like over two-and-a-half catches, I think is pretty interesting yeah. for him. He obviously had three for 44, I believe, against the Browns last week. So Anytime I mean, touchdown
1: hope- for John Mechie right now is plus 600.
0: Hey. There you go. You, that, that's I'm a just good saying. long shot. That's a good
1: long shot bet, right? I like that. I, I don't like. I don't. I don't hate it at all. Um, all right. So uh, make your pick right there, real quick. So Baltimore 9.5, uh, 43.5 is the uh, point total there. But uh, again, I, I'm, I'm assuming we're both going Baltimore here. Uh, I think Houston's. I think Houston's defense gets. I don't want to say they get exposed, but I do think they're going to get hammered a little bit more than what Cleveland was able to offer.
0: I. I think I might go with the Texans plus nine and a half. I think they can kind of keep it close, but I don't think they're going to win outright. Yeah, I agree with
1: that. Uh, Green Bay at San Francisco. Again, this is another one where I was a little bit surprised because uh, Green Bay, a nine and a half point dog uh, in this one, despite the fact that Jordan Love's just, I mean, he's a man on fire right now. I mean, he is that gif uh, of that dude walking down the street on fire. That's Jordan Love uh right now as we speak 50 and a half is the point total so vegas is expecting this to be a higher scoring game how do you see this game going matt
0: i think this game is going to come down to the running game um because well that's boring what, i'm sorry but i think it's the <laughs> truth um, <laughs> what have the 49ers done to the packers when they've seen him in the playoffs the last few years they've beat them and they've run all over them uh yep, we, we, we know how that's gone Um, If you look at what the Packers did last week against the Dallas Cowboys, they were basically begging them, begging them to run the ball. Um, Typically, you see Green Bay come out in single high. They're one of the highest single high teams. They play a lot of cover three. And then against the Cowboys in the first half, they were, I I believe I have the numbers here, they were in cover four. On 40 percent of their plays and they were too high on 72 percent of their plays in the first half against the cowboys they presented them a lot of light boxes and said hey please run on us and i mean dallas sorry to twist the knife again cowboys fans but like mike mccarthy and the boys were all too willing to say hey let's go ahead and run it into light boxes i mean they're presenting us a good running look right like first and ten let's run baby and tony pollard did actually average 4.6 yards per carry in uh, six-man, six and five-man fronts, only uh, four of his 15 carries went into seven-plus defenders in the box. Uh-huh. But still, the offense stunk. I mean, oh, because yeah. you're not, yeah, you're not in a g- then you're in third and long and stuff like that. And you're a good first down pass team, Dallas. Like you should have taken, uh, you should have taken the looks there and gone, you know, CD Lamb on these inbreakers. breakers. And you know, obviously the pass game wasn't on fire in the first quarter, but still, no, they in, the Packers invited them to run, they took the bait. Well, you can't do that against the 49ers, no. right? Uh, because I, I don't oh, think God. they will come out and do that. On the flip side, though, the one weakness, that I would say there's a weakness in the 49ers defense. It's the it's their run defense. You've been able to run on them all year. They're a bottom five team in rushing success rate. So I feel like this is a big Christian McCaffrey-Aaron Jones game coming up.
1: Um, it's interesting. If they wanted to attack outside, I think they could do that. Green. I'm talking about Green Bay. Um San Francisco, I think, at times has also been susceptible to outside wide receivers. So a little bit interested to see how that all pans out. But the bottom line is I am really surprised, like I said, that uh, the line is this big. Nine and a half feels like a lot uh, going up against a quarterback who, again, is just setting the world ablaze. Now, okay. now that being said. Um, the San Francisco 49ers defense is is no joke they, they can get after you Um, you know they they, they could turn you over as well uh, I don't know how do you see this game going Uh, you know uh, w- who do you like in terms of uh, Green Bay San Francisco San Francisco again minus nine and a half
0: I think again so not to run back the same analysis I said on the last game like yeah it's a big number but like the 49ers are really good, and I know that we just saw Jordan Love, and I, I'm, I'm in on Jordan Love. Again, another guy we talked about as a top 10 quarterback, um, and it, it's very easy to get him in your top 10. No question mm-hmm. about it. Um, yeah, I'm in on Jordan Love, but like this 49ers team is really, really good. Uh, we yeah. just haven't seen them for, uh, I think, our recency bias is like, well, I mean, Jordan Love's awesome, and yeah, he is awesome, but the 49ers are damn good as well. Um and I just think when you look at this game the if we're stacking the four units yeah like the Packers defense is still to me despite what we saw last week the most problematic unit in this oh, game yeah. it's the, it's the weakest one and oh, yeah. I just I just can't imagine that Kyle Shanahan and the boys aren't going to be able to if they want to throw on them they have advantageous matchups if they want to run on them they obviously have advantageous matchups so that to me just seems like a. I think the 49ers, from an offensive perspective, are going to be able to do whatever they want. And then it's going to come down to Jordan Love and, and being able to keep pace.
1: To me, this feels very much um, like a Brandon Iuk game. Um, the mm-hmm. outside corners, I think, for Green Bay are not very good. Um, as a matter of fact, between weeks 10 through 17, right, we're talking about the fourth worst. Um, completion percentage allowed to outside wide receivers. They gave up the fifth most yards per game to outside wide receivers. Uh, the, what is it? The uh, the fifth, the sixth most yards per target allowed to outside wide receiver. All this stuff feels like, again, Brandon Ayuk should have a really, really nice game. His player prop right now is 66 and a half. I'm really tempted to just hammer that one. Uh, I feel really good about that line.
0: Yeah, I'm with you, obviously. What a shock! I'm with you on some Brandon Ayuk hype here. Um, and <laughs> right. number one, too, Jair Alexander banged up at the end of that game uh, yep. in the wild card again. round. So maybe he, maybe he, uh, again, maybe he misses this contest. And then also, if the Packers return. To the defense that we saw them play, not against Dallas, but like I mentioned, they, they go back to more single high, more cover three. Well, Brandon Ayuk averages three point seven yards per route run uh, against single high and three point five four. What a what a what a baller! What a baller, Brandon Ayuk. Three point <laughs> five four yards per route run against cover three. So uh-huh. that's a good advantageous matchup for him. I will say though, I also think um, Debo Samuel's in a great yeah. spot from like right. a, if they want to. I agree. The, I feel like what's the anytime touchdown for Debo Samuel? Like there's almost no way he doesn't get a little pop pass uh, in here or <laughs> some big rushing play, uh-huh. right? Um, you know, the McCaffrey rushing yard prop is only 88.5, I think. But I'm like, damn, I could see Debo getting over uh, on some big runs in this game as well.
1: Yeah, that's a good point. Um, really, really like that. All right, Tampa Bay at Detroit. Detroit favored by 6.5. Um, I don't know. How, how do you like this one? I, I'll just start by saying I, I'm actually, like I said, I'm surprised that San Francisco is a nine and a half point favorite. And I'm surprised that Detroit is not getting more respect uh, yeah. by being favored by just six and a half. Um, again, this one feels like to me um, an area where it's, I don't know. Look, I know Detroit wants to run the ball, right? And Tampa Bay has been great at stopping the run. But, man, their passing defense has been super suspect all year long. Um, and I think Detroit basically puts it on them at home as as well.
0: Um, by the way, the best bet in this one is easily just the over, right? 48. 40 and 12. a half? Oh, God, yeah, come on. I mean, Hit the overs. I feel, yeah, I think this is going to be a big passing game. I don't think either team's going to mess around. Oh, well, I hope. Um, a lot of what we talked about with Bobby Sloak on the last podcast about how mm-hmm. Uh, we finally got away from those first and 10 runs. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think hopefully we see the same out of Dave Canales. Um, you know, he, hopefully he's uh, not calling these first down runs uh, because that would be a mistake against this Lions run defense is really good. Just yeah. throw the ball. I mean, throw the ball all over these guys. I think you can do it. I hate to be another boring uh, cliche here, James, like with the run game stuff for the, the 49ers Packers game, but like this game's going to come down to who can protect the quarterback. Uh, mm. more because we know Baker and Goff are two of the most susceptible quarterbacks to pressure right um, golf actually was really good when he faced the Bucks last time against against uh, blitzes in particular I believe he was 10 uh, of 19 for uh, 171 yards and two touchdowns against the blitz in their week six game but this Bucks team is better I think than that Bucks team so um, especially offensively so we'll see if they can keep pace
1: yeah, this is a secondary. Both of these secondaries really um, are below average, well below average in regards to their passing defense. Detroit between weeks 10 and 17, okay, to outside wide receivers. This is this bodes very well for Mike Evans, but to outside wide receivers, they've given up the most yards, the second most receptions. Um, they've been, you know, again, bottom 12 in completion percentage allowed to outside wide receivers. Um, and the six touchdowns they've allowed in that uh, seven-game span that was tied for um, the sixth most uh, in that time period, right? So it's an absolute smash of a smash spot for Mike Evans. So whatever you're seeing with Mike Evans, I'll, I'll go ahead and take all the overs because I, I think Mike Evans, who, by the way, had a, a, a pretty quiet game in the wild card round, he rarely, almost never has two quiet games. You know what I'm saying? I, I think he's going to explode and I think they're going to find a way to get him the football. And Detroit, I think, will be more than happy uh, to allow that to happen because, quite frankly, they can't defend the outside. So, to me, I, I agree with you. I, I, it feels like a, a very, very high-scoring game. Um, okay, so uh, Detroit minus six and a half.
0: Uh, what do you got? Yeah, uh, just one note on Mike Evans too. Oh, uh, we know why he had a quiet game. Couldn't couldn't catch the ball, man. And I, I say that as somebody who bet the over on Mike Evans uh, same, sixty-seven and a half receiving yards. Same. Same. So. Yeah. Yeah. It's very sad. Um, I know. One other sh- sh- shout out too to Dave Canales. Did you know he was the special teams slash tight ends coach at El Camino College? Yeah,
1: it was, it was right down the road from where right I live. Down it's the crazy! Road.
0: It's My insane. wife went to Elko for a little bit. So, no way, really? Um, yeah, <laughs> it's like dude, that's you know, nuts. That's I mean, that's wild. He that was two thousand six to two thousand eight. He was the tight end's the special teams coach at Elko, and now he's calling plays for a, a NFL team in a divisional round. So shout out to Amazing. Dave Canales there. Uh yeah. um, journey. Yeah, pretty sick. Uh but no, yeah, I'm I'm going I'm going Detroit Detroit minus six and a half. I yeah, I think, I agree. I think they're gonna I think they're just a way better team than the Bucs. I mean, look, the Bucs got their win last week, but I, I think they're a way better team
1: uh agree with you 100 percent okay um the, what, if there's one area of concern it's like i i really hope and i see the thing is with ben johnson i know he's not going to do this but i just hope they don't get like trapped into like okay well we got to establish that run uh you can't do that against Tampa bay just cannot do that against Tampa bay but i i think I, I believe in ben johnson i believe in ben johnson i don't think they're going to try to slam their head against that wall so we'll see uh certainly the crown jewel of the divisional round. Kansas City at Buffalo. I mean, it's just, come on, baby, let's go. This is what we live for. Kansas City, Buffalo in the playoffs. This is it. This is what I love. It's going to be a, supposedly, supposed to be a very close game. Vegas has uh, Buffalo as a as a three-point favorite. Again, a low, a slightly lower scoring game here, uh, 45 and a half. Uh, both these offenses, I think, have been very starter stop this year. Uh, but how do you see this game breaking down?
0: I, this is a tough one.
1: Very tough. Um, Come on,
0: and and like yeah, it's a it's a great Chiefs Bills man. Josh Allen, Pat Mahomes. Let's go. Tony Romo is going to be Let's calling go. this go. game. He's going to be go. you know, wet wet in his pants the whole time. Hell yeah! Um, Hell yeah! Oh, God. I'm so sick of Tony Romo. I can't even. What? I can't even tell you. Come on. He's, no. he's, he's He's unbearable. He's what? Un, and the
1: guy actually, loves football. Come on, bro. How do you not love a guy that loves football?
0: He loves he loves doing too much something else uh, before these <laughs> games. So I, he is un, he's unbearable. He says like. He says the dumbest stuff and just oh makes. God. He's gonna make so many noises during this game. It's gonna be just, uh, so you know, and like many you know when you noises. turn on, <laughs> you know when you turn on the uh, the captions for a show and it's like inaudible ina- oh inaudible God. shouting or inaudible. Yeah, 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 noises, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, unintelligible noises. That's like in the parentheses. That's gonna be Tony Romo uh, for this oh game. God. So, all right. um, no thanks. Not excited about that. But um, okay. I am excited about this game. But it's all this stuff like. But these two teams are not what we would think, right? Like, I mean, this is – I don't think this is going to go anything like the, you know, 13 seconds game or, or whatever. Yeah these, yeah, teams, yeah, these offenses just aren't, aren't like that right now. How do you think the Bills are going to attack this Chiefs defense? Because, you know, I mentioned – I think like, they're
1: going to run the ball, honestly. yeah. I, I, I mean, the pass defense for Kansas City is just too much right now. And especially given the fact that Josh Allen is more than willing to turn the rock over. They, look – if they lose this game because Josh Allen turns this ball over three times, I mean, like, come on, man. You know, uh, yeah. like, you just can't do that. <laughs> a lot of noise. A lot of noise going to be happening uh, in that CBS booth, baby. No, I, I just, like I said, I, I just think the Legere Sneed effect, you talk about, you know, top corners in the NFL right now. How do you not mention Legere Sneed as a shutdown guy? I mean, absolute shutdown corner uh, right now as we sit here today. So I don't know. I, I don't I don't feel that great especially with how de-emphasized Stephon Diggs is in this offense. I don't feel great about the passing game.
0: Yeah, they tried to get Stefan Diggs a lot of routes from the slot, 43% of his routes from the slot against the Pittsburgh Steelers. I assume that was to get him away from Joey Porter Jr. Yeah. Um, so maybe they do the same thing here with LeJarius Sneed, uh, who they ran him out of the slot on just 27% of his routes when they played these, these guys in week 14 this year um he didn't have a big game did Stefan Diggs but at the same time like Trent McDuffie's a really good nickel corner so that's not like a easy solution they have not been they have not allowed much over the middle of the field have the Kansas City Chiefs uh, right. so far this year so I, I do agree with you that I think we're going to see a lot of running plays uh, overall Josh Allen's rushing prop over nine and a half carries is actually plus odds um, mm. I feel like Josh Allen's going to run the ball a lot in this game.
1: Yeah, I like that one. I like that one a lot. Uh to be honest with you, although to be here's the thing, man. Like when push comes to shove, sometimes like these these teams and these quarterbacks just elevate their game to another level. So it's at the same time as like, you know, that 45 and a half line, I just don't want to bet it either way cuz I could oh, see it now, being yeah. the under, but I could see both these, you know, both these guys going super Saiyan and just like absolutely ripping it up too just because this is the kind of game where it happens you know Two teams that absolutely detest each other, that know each other very well. I mean, again, Andy Reid knows Sean McDermott's defenses and vice versa. You know, it's like McDermott knows uh, the Chiefs offense. How many times have these guys played, man? They absolutely detest each other. I could see this one getting crazy, too. So I don't know. I could see it being a, you know, a a low scoring game. I could see it being a high scoring game. This is a game I just don't, I I don't even almost want to bet, Matt, because I'm just going to be locked in. You know, I'm just going to be locked in into this game. This is truly, as I said, the crown jewel of the divisional round. Uh, it's going to have huge numbers. People are going to be watching this like, like like, the Super Bowl, practically. You know what I'm saying? So uh, really, really excited about that. I'll throw some player props out here. I know I just got done saying, I don't know if I want to bet any of these props, but let me throw some out here to see if you like any of these. Rasheed Rice, 69 and a half. Uh, with six point five total receptions. Uh, Dalton Kincaid forty and a half with forty four point five receptions, and Travis Kelsey sixty one and a half with five point five receptions. Anything jump out there to you?
0: Man, not not really. Like those are big numbers on Rice. It's big numbers on Kelsey. It's big numbers on Diggs. Um, they're just at like the perfect point where you could see betting the over on them. But they're 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 just high enough where I'm kinda staying away a little bit. I, agree. Um, I think I think the Kincaid one is pretty tempting. Um just but they're so good at covering the middle of the field. I'm with you. This is a hard game to to want to bet either way. I think especially uh the I'm with you on the total, man. That's so well said because I could see I mean, these two offenses are just more of a slog this year than ever. Totally. This team these two teams are so intertwined. I mean, shoot. This game would be in Kansas City if it wasn't for Kadarius Toney. This, this <laughs> oh is, my God, is, that's such a good point. <laughs> this is the first road game that Patrick yeah, Holmes will that's ever right. play that's in the right. playoffs. That's right. And it's all because Kadarius Toney couldn't line up <laughs> on the right side Unreal. of the field. Unreal. So Unreal. that's that's just, you know, again, that trade is just paying dividends for Kansas City. The It's the gift that keeps on giving uh, oh for, for Kansas City. But yeah, I, I don't know. I None of these, like really the receiving lines especially I, I don't know if i like just because even what buffalo does like a lot of too high stuff is what mahomes has, has struggled with this year um yeah. you know i i don't know so that that makes it especially I struggled with it a lot even from a relative standpoint they they won the game their their offense was fine but when they went too high you know miami did that was kind of an issue for mahomes even last week so um i i mean i just i don't know i don't know about any of these receiving lines to be honest
1: yeah mahomes has really struggled against zone this year eight touchdowns versus 10 interceptions against zone he has 19 touchdowns to four interceptions versus man coverage right so um you know we know buffalo is going to run a lot of zone uh and, and 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 do their thing so i don't know and, and again there's just that familiarity um there with uh with buffalo and kansas city as well if there is one matchup that i'm looking at there it is that rasheed rice out of the slot matchup okay because yeah. um uh buffalo has given up production to slot receivers Uh again i go back to weeks 10 to 17 kind of a good snapshot i think of where these defenses are truly at right now uh and they've given up the fifth most receptions and um what is it below average in terms of they've given up the fifth most receptions per game and are below average in terms of yards per game allowed. Uh, They've given up the ninth highest completion rate to inside wide receivers as well. And they're tied for the 10th most touchdowns um, allowed to slot receivers in that time span. So that to me seems to bode pretty well. I think um, for what, we're going to look at with uh, Rasheed Rice as basically the focal point and the linchpin to that passing offense, no?
0: Yeah, I, I agree with you that I think he's going to have a big game. I just – man, he's so critical to their offense right now too. Like He is. I just – they need someone else to step up. They definitely are going to need someone else to step up here. It's just really hard to take away Rasheed Rice with the role that he's playing right now too. Like there's not an instance where, all right, Buffalo's going to – I mean they could play – They could try to do it with linebackers and stuff, but they're so banged up at the linebacker position right now, too. Um, So I'm with you. I think if you're betting any of these, it's probably Rasheed Rice.
1: Yeah, Rasheed Rice, by the way, in week 14, 10 targets, seven grabs, 72 yards, and a touchdown. Oh, I say this and then I start like second guessing myself, too, because Sean McDermott knows that Rasheed Rice is the focal point. (laughs) And and he's got to be thinking, let's just take this guy away and and make any of these other sorry ass receivers beat us. You know, like, are they just going to flood the middle of the field and go one on one on the outside? It seems a little crazy. Who does that nowadays uh, in today's NFL? No one. Uh, But maybe with their outside wide receivers in the shape that they're in, maybe they're willing to risk it and just say, all right, listen, if MVS beats us over and and hits us over the top of the head, we we can live with that. You know, if Justin if Justin frickin Watson beats (laughs) us over the top, I guess we could live with that. But we're going to take away the middle. We're going to take away Kelsey and we're going to go ahead and take away Rasheed Rice as well. I don't know. That probably would be the smart move by McDermott.
0: Honestly, uh, a lot of what the Chiefs did to the Dolphins last week, of course, that's what you want to do against the Dolphins. You want to take away the middle of the field. You want to force right. throws outside the numbers. The thing is, one of those teams has <laughs> and the other one has Tua. That's and like, correct. if you, d- if that the receivers can simply be in the right place and catch the ball, those, those, which has been an issue all year long. But uh, those throws will be available if you want them. Uh, if you're going to go through that, uh, because Pat Mahomes can make them, they, obviously, Tua just cannot make those throws. So, but it's a sim- that would be a similar game plan to what we saw that the Chiefs did to, to Miami last week. It's
1: almost been two weeks now um, since. Um, well, it has been two weeks really since Casey's offense is really has really taken the field. You know, they basically sat everybody there in Week 18. They had their, um, you know, they had their game here. Uh, against Miami that I don't, I don't think that they really showed. I don't think they showed their hand, Matt, if you know what I'm saying, like against Miami, it was such vanilla offense and they just, it just worked for them.
0: Yeah. They, they threw the ball, I think, which caught the, uh, the dolphins probably by surprise. Andy Reid even said in the press conference, like we had a, we had faith that we could throw the ball because of who our quarterback is and not every quarterback can throw in that weather. um, And and he was right. (laughs) One of the quarterbacks couldn't throw in that weather, and one of them could uh, because he's just so talented from an arm strength perspective. But you're right that like, and they did they did do a like they did a couple of stuff where like they tried to get McCole Hardman one on one shots down the field. That was obviously didn't go well because throwing to McCole Hardman down the field. So, I mean, it, I, I think that there's probably something else that they're going to uncork here. Um, yeah. I like your point, too, that, that you know Andy Reid obviously knows Sean McDermott's defense back and forth because you know, he used to be on his coaching staff at Philadelphia, and these guys have played each other so much the last few years. All right, so there you go.
1: Um, interesting set of games, no doubt. Can't wait for this KC Buffalo game. So excited uh, to see these guys hit the field once again. Once again. Oh, my gosh, it feels so great. Uh, I love playoff football. All right, so there you go. But that's the show, guys. Uh, we will catch you guys uh, next week, man. But for Matt Harmon, I'm James Coe. We'll see ya. And remember, it's never too late to chase your dreams. Peace.